Welcome everyone to Black Coffee and Theology. Hello everyone. Hey, I hope that you are doing well. And I appreciate all of the support and all the love that many have shown me in this podcasting journey uh, solo. And I love all of the guests and individual pods, but the guests especially that I've been able to talk to and engage with uh, over the past two seasons. And this particular episode, I have a special guest, my friend, Sam Gay. And you might recognize his voice from Three Black Men. (laughs) And I was so happy to sit down with Sam. Sam is a father. Sam is a worshiper. He's a musician. And he's hilarious, Uh, (laughs) especially off camera, off mic. Uh, Sam is hilarious. But I respect Sam so much and his contributions to theology in very organic ways. And in this particular episode, we talk about finding God again, especially after pretty fundamentalist type situations and spaces and enjoying God, reimagining what it means to be a person devoted to God. And I loved it. So sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Sam. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. And I am joined by a black man. Black man. (laughs) A a whole black man. (laughs) Uh, Brother Samuel is with us. Welcome, brother. What's going on, right? Hey. And uh, yes, yeah, so as you all know, uh, Brother Trey was earlier in this season, and quiet as it's kept, I wanted Samuel to be a lot earlier than now, but scheduling conflicts have made this difficult, but it's okay. Through many trials and tribulations. We are here. Toils and snares, we have already come. Um, yes. So... A question that I like to ask all my guests is who you are and what is important to you and how you show up in the world. Like when you think of yourself, like what are the biggest things uh, about how you show up that's important uh, for people to know? Wow. Uh, Okay. So it doesn't have to be super like, (laughs) you know, it doesn't have to be exhaustive, but like how how you interface with this world was important yeah uh it's funny that you asked that because that's one of those things that i'm still sort of working through um i haven't quite figured that out yet but um i imagine it will be beautiful once i do um but i'm so who i am let's start there (laughs) who i am uh so i am sam my name is samuel evi gay the second um I am a husband, I am a father, I am a brother, a nephew, a grandson, a son, all of those things. Um, I love my family, Uh, not just my immediate family, just uh, those that uh, will be a part of my community. Um, I think for me, uh, I really try to 
um, impact those people because they're in my life the most. Um, especially like the younger generation, like I spent a lot of time with like my nieces, my kids, um, just listening to them um, more than anything. Um, and then just kind of sharing my experience, what I've learned, what I've seen. Um, I think ultimately what I'm learning about myself and what and how I would like to be, um, I guess my impact on the world, or I can't quite rephrase it how you phrase it, but um, I don't know. I've always felt like I've been a behind the scenes kind of guy. Um, meaning like, uh, I'd rather deal with people who might be in, you know, I'd, I'd rather be behind the scenes helping to guide and um, just, I don't know, sometimes just being an ear uh, can help people figure out a lot of, of things. Uh, I'm one of those people that kind of needs to talk it out a little bit, but um, yeah, man, I spent time being a youth pastor. So <sighs> the teenagers that a lot of people a lot of people tend to not really want to deal with man I I love I love those guys uh, I see a lot of myself in those especially um in our community you know black teenagers uh, I feel like it's a really crucial time in our lives because especially like where we are right now um so many different theological views social stuff um yeah so uh quiet is kept I spent a lot of time in the background well not quiet is kept but I spent a lot of time in the background uh but I do listen um I love listening to to you and and Trey y'all have really been like um in this last I'd say at least year and a half two years three years I don't know how long we've been doing this thing but mm -hmm. um y'all have really kind of helped really been helping me figure some of that stuff out um y'all don't know it but y'all been helping me figure that some some of that stuff out so mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm here for it I love it mm, thank you for that uh, yeah, man. I'm glad you're here brother <laughs> um glad I, to be here I have been developing this theme over this season about around the question of mm -hmm. who is God to us now mm -hmm. and like my heart in that that I keep restating is figuring out deconstruction mm -hmm. of the Christian faith but from the lens of people who look like us right yeah. and uh often you know i just saw a thread today and i'm not gonna go into it but uh from someone talking about deconstruction <laughs> and um they were trying to gatekeep that thing yeah. and it's so terrible how often those conversations center white people white possibilities white imagination and thought and so i really wanted to like tool out over this whole season like okay who is god to us like yeah. who is god to you how do you see god in this time versus mm. you know years ago and so i kind of want to put that on the table uh for us to dance around and figure out it uh between the two of us is like okay how how would you start to tackle that question is who is god to you now 
Um, <laughs> so who God is, so who God is to me now is completely different than who I thought he was or who he was um, 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or even when we first started podcasting. Um, yeah. God has become so much bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's... It's it's so funny because it's really kind of hard to I would say frame it in words because we like to throw out words like uh well he's sovereign and omnipresent and omniscient and whoa and and I mean and to be fair like he can be right like he is all of those but um I don't think we can really understand what those mean because um inconsistently we would put god in a box or limit box in different areas um in different ways i think a lot of times um but god has become literally everything um the way he has manifested himself in community um through softness um through the relationships with men which uh has has been a little tough uh in my life just um more so um just how uh I would say the alpha uh, how masculinity has been presented to me right like I would say how 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 masculinity was presented to me it made male relationships a little tough um so God has come through and um reshaped all of those um yeah yeah Yeah, I almost and I don't know how you feel but for me I liked what you said about God is so much bigger Mm -hmm. than who God was before and I like to think of it in in how I process it is God is a lot bigger way more expansive than i ever Mm -hmm. thought of like an ocean uh when i was just swimming in a kiddie pool and was like really convinced that that kiddie pool was everything right like Mm -hmm. that kiddie pool was the pool of all pools yeah and then you're introduced to an ocean but then there's this um other dynamic where god is a lot more uh, tangible and human mm-hmm. than I ever thought before too so it's yes. both the expansive and so practical so mm-hmm. critical in ways that I can touch and experience yeah that it's all you know there's like absolutely it's this dance it's both of them for me right so I don't mm. yeah yeah that's kind of what I meant too when I was saying like um how he just sort of manifests himself in community in different ways um uh, ways that I needed to be loved that I didn't realize it, uh, ways. And I, I, I sort of, um, you know, I was, because it's new, uh, it had been new, of course, you know, there was some, um, rejection, but, um, I'll never forget, man. It felt like all hell was breaking loose and, uh, Trey texts me, uh, it's just something simple. You know, I was just kind of texting briefly what was going on. He was just like, man, if you don't know peace in this situation, bro, you can't, lead with peace right you can't you can't find peace you can't be a source of peace for your family you can't do any of that and immediately when I read those like the thought came 
where is Jesus in this situation? And just knowing how Jesus operated, uh, how he believed in community, how he loved people, I could remember and actually tangibly see people um, helping us throughout this situation. You know what I'm saying? And I could see Jesus there. And like, I guess for me, and it was weird because it, <laughs> it's people that many of them they relate like as far as if just talking to them they would say that their relationship with God is on the rocks you know what I'm saying as far as uh they don't know if they you know they don't know about this whole Jesus thing just because of how Jesus has been presented to them right whether they be uh, you know of different parts of communities that could, you know, evangelicals would reject, but there was this grace and this love and this, um, uh, this friendly face about everyone that kind of chipped in to kind of be like, hey, you know, if you need us, we're here. Um, just seeing those, um, the extension of like Jesus, our God taking care of his people yeah. through community. And it's still all people that we love dearly uh, and have over the years, but we've just never knew that they could or would ever be there for us in the ways that they were. Um, mm -hmm. So just those men, you know, um, seeing God in those in that light uh, really helped shape who God or how I see God now. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think what's amazing to me when I went on this unofficial journey of uh, uh, faith examination, mm -hmm. aka deconstruction, <laughs> aka normal life. I, I think even calling it deconstruction is so funny to me because we're constantly examining, we're constantly evolving, we're constantly growing. And mm -hmm. if we want to call that deconstruction, yes. Um, some people need to demolish the house, right? Um, because of, you know, you spoke a moment ago about who Jesus has been presented to be. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I went on this journey of asking God, is this what you're really like, right? It, mm -hmm. I have seen, I've, I have experienced you in these ways that are real. I know right. that, right? Like, I know it. You know, Absolutely. we have the, we have our personal uh, stories that can't be taken away from us, right? Absolutely. We have times, whether it's in worship, whether it's uh, mm -hmm. miraculous uh, times of prevention um, or connecting with the spirit or when we're reading the Bible, all of those things, right? We have times where we're like, I know that's God, but mm -hmm. at the same time, that journey of faith examination comes where there's a bump in the road and where what we know about God and, and who we've experienced God to be and then what is being presented clash, right? You yeah. know, like you, like, I experience you like this, but this, you know, is not hitting. Yeah. And so for me, one of the, one of the many of those is God's sovereignty, right? Yeah like God is presented as all sovereign, which works until your life crashes and falls apart. Right. right? Uh, when something tragic happens in your life, I don't have answers that rest on God's sovereignty now, right? right. Like 
um, because it's painful, right? (laughs) And so that started a deconstructing thread Mm. that if I'm honest, I wasn't even committed to God being real at the end of that thread. Mm. Uh, I was just concerned with being free. Mm. Um, Like, yeah, I'm okay if at the end of this, God is not real. I just need to be free from what is binding me. Right. You know, and I think that the process to what you're saying, where you're getting to and where you've been, I hear the liberation in your voice, but there is a scariness to going on that journey. Yeah. So, and it's funny because um, growing up, I was raised to um, really examine my experience as a part of my faith, right? And 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 to look how they intersect. But then once I really started getting into like reformed theology, you know, of course we we reject our experiences and we can only know what's to be true about God via the Bible, not our experiences. You know what I'm saying? And so going in and <laughs> and being like deep into that, like I'm kind of embarrassed you, to say yeah, this. No, it's like, okay. I feel you. I feel you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. being deep in that, going to school in that and learning and digesting that, um, breaking free of that uh, has been, it's been a couple years, but honestly, I feel like this year was really a big part of that. Um, and it really rocked the foundation. And I found myself kind of like in a place where you were, where I was like, okay, God, you really, you're not, but like, I just need some freedom right like this ain't working so i need some way you gotta show up (laughs) you know what i'm saying um and again and again and and then um i started i I mean trey had told me about the policy of jesus a long time ago but i started reading it and i stopped but i started back reading that and then i got into i picked up a very good gospel again um and actually, believe it or not, I started uh, reading more poetry <laughs> this year. Um, and so uh, I think a, a very good gospel was another one that really helped as far as like reshaping um, God, like who God is just from the beginning of how like she kind of constructs through Genesis um, and, and God saying things are good. And then people be like, hey, well, uh, God said this. Yeah, but he said it was good over here, not here. <laughs> um, so, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and it's weird because it was almost like uh, I was waiting for permission to, yes. to be free instead of grabbing it, instead of seeking it. Um, and yeah, uh, it, I was, I was, you know, certainty is a thing, especially in reform culture. You got to be certain, you know, there's an answer for everything. No, there's not. Um, and so letting even that go was tough. But, you know, now I'm to the point where I'm like, hey, <laughs> uh, and I even have like, <laughs> I have when they're, you know, some of them are married and um, are just older now but they're not teenagers but they they'll write me or text me and like hey uh sam you remember me i was in it you was my youth pastor i got a question you remember you said this yeah i know i said that like somebody else <laughs> it wasn't me right like that listen i don't know introduce- i don't know about that lifestyle look let me introduce you to jesus now okay because yeah. i don't know what that was that was theology let me introduce you 
to Jesus now, right? Like, here's what I'm learning about Jesus. Here's what I'm learning about God. Here's where God is taking me, or here's where I got. And that's usually kind of like how that would sort of go. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think there's a problem, you know, you talk about the certainty in, I think (laughs) that um, idol, if you will. (laughs) Um, Yes. um, Of many Christians, um, including ourselves, uh, really stops you from having a faith that is meaningful um, Mm -hmm. and that is generative, that is healing uh, Mm -hmm. both to yourself and to others. And I think uh, for me, part of the, the, I think part of the deconstructing process for me was letting go of certainty to your point. And then there was this intense desire for, I needed and wanted a spirituality that was that was fully embodied where my mind was taken care of, where mm-hmm. my body was taken care of, where my spirit and my soul were not just sent somewhere ambiguously to heaven with God. I needed answers that fully encapsulated who I was as a person. I needed answers from God about, I've said this in other places, I needed to know what does God hate Black people? And I needed, that was a big question to me. Um, And of course, in certain spaces, people have said, of course, no, God loves Black. No, I, then I have a couple questions. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, I, like, okay, if that's the given, pull up a seat. (laughs) And I needed a, a faith that could contain those questions, that could contain that dialogue, yeah. right? And that was part of the spirituality that I needed to construct. And I don't even have answers to all of those things yet, but I needed yeah. to have the permission to think critically, to engage critically, to not know, um, but to reach for more, right? Yeah. Um... I think I needed those things, but I think for me too, as a part of my healing process, I had to come to grips. Uh, and there's some things that I still really have to realize. Um, I've, I can say them, but I think I still need to realize them um, where um, justice ends and grace would take over. Um, so they're not, not trying to crucify Jesus a second time or not feeling like, you know, uh, just, (laughs) you know, there's sometimes we have those hurts, especially uh, from church that they hurt real bad. And it's one of those things where, um, or sometimes it could just be like, nah, I really need some justice in this, like damn mercy, excuse my language, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like damn mercy in this uh, or damn grace. I need some justice because that's the only thing, you know what I'm saying? But what if Jesus says, hmm, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if, and so just, um, and I think that's a part of my maturation is kind of just realizing like, you know what, there, nah, grace is cool here. You don't need justice here. Um, so that's, that's a really big one. Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, and that's actually been some barriers in some, in some like physical relationships, but as, as I've, come to grips as as I can look to Christ you know what I'm saying 
through this deconstruction process and see Jesus for who he is, right? And see God for everything that I need, right? Um, as as that can and, and every when I say everything I need, even everything I need to let something go. Um, that's a hard thing sometimes. Um, but God has really through this deconstruction process really presented himself in such a non-hostile, loving way that I feel safe letting some of those things go, if that makes sense. Like it's, it, I feel like it's kind of sped up my healing process uh, just from a lot of different things. Um, and, and that in and of itself has been liberating too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm. I have this question that I'm sitting with around um, some call it spiritual disciplines um, <laughs> that can be trigger warning. Um, yeah, but but it's around explicitly mm -hmm. spiritual uh, uh, growth. Uh, mm -hmm related activities, right? Like how to engage your spirit in growing. And, mm -hmm. um, and for some people, as they are trying to form this new life in Christ that is maybe uh, divested from toxic theologies that force people, for example, to read their Bible every day, mm -hmm. um, early in the morning, fast all the time, all these things um some people are wounded and they're hurting and they're in i've heard people often say i can't read the bible ever again or i can't mm. read it now uh and i just kind of want to hear your take on how do you engage yourself in a, an explicitly spiritual way um and how do you grow spiritually like what disciplines are important to you now um and how do they differ from what it was before? Yeah. So um, as far as like spiritual disciplines and so I used to try to engage in um, different spiritual disciplines regularly, like whether it be like uh, like a 10 day fast or seven day fast or whatever. Um, even like with reading the Bible, I would try to do it. But see, the problem is, and see, here, like, here's the thing what I had, or the uh, a problem that I have with, um, like, making that, they, those, like, sort of a, a spiritual discipline. Um, so I'm new, I'm a little, I'm a little bit neurodivergent. And it takes a lot more, right? Like, uh, I have ADHD, I have dyslexia. Um, I'm, I haven't done the in-depth testing, but I'm somewhere on the spectrum, you know, the autism, autism spectrum, right? So like I haven't done, so those disciplines come a lot harder. Um, can they be done? Absolutely. Um, but it's not liberating. It becomes a task. It becomes dreadful. Uh, <laughs> eventually I start to like resent doing it. Um, I don't believe God is burdensome in that way. Um, and so 
I mean, I, and I don't, I, I don't operate on impulse. Um, but it is important for me. I do feel like to me, it's important for me to read my Bible. Like I know I need to read and, um, and when I say I know I need to, it's coming from a different place than the discipline portion. It's more like I need to, like it's soothing. You know what I'm saying? Like I I need to read the Bible. Uh, and so the discipline has come there. And now it's more so like the discipline is making the space to do that. Uh and maybe it's kind of the same thing, but it's just coming from a different place and maybe it's framed differently in my mind, but like I said, I'm a little bit newer version. So <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Um, hats off to those that do differently, but I I just, that's a little burdensome for me uh, to, to wear the weight of that. And I don't believe God is burdensome in that way. Uh, I believe there is grace for that. Um, yeah i there's a lot of things i'm gonna be worried about <laughs> standing home for god but like you didn't read your bible enough it's not at the top of the list. yeah you know what i'm saying truly like, i i think for me so there's a couple things i have a lot of challenges whether they're health um and emotional you know mental challenges yes uh one thing that has always been curious for me is i have never struggled to read my bible ever once in the entire time i've been saved and so that hasn't that hasn't been burdensome so i i love interacting with others yeah where for me that there was always a purity there for me and i didn't grow Mm. up in the church right so i don't have like that baggage i have other baggage that i came by yeah honestly uh yeah yeah for me the act of um especially bible reading and prayer Mm -hmm. was so beautifully entwined with i want to know god right and so as much as toxicity tried to amplify that and to quantify it i was like oh (laughs) i just want to meet with god every day though (laughs) in this um so for me i I've never struggled with that. I I got Mm. saved in 2004 and that has never, I was just like, Oh, you just read your Bible. You just journal. And that, that wasn't difficult. Um, But other things were. (laughs) And and so for me, um, my spiritual disciplines now, I like Mm. kind of how you said they're coming out of a different place um, or how to, how to engage with them, how you think about them. For me, um, I think less actually about my Bible time, my prayer time as being for God, or I need to discipline myself for that, or even about my relationship with God. It's actually more self-centered now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, and that is so curious uh, to me. It's because uh, people would probably think, "Wow, Rob is really holy." No, um, <laughs> you don't know me like that. Dead part. Uh, yeah, like, you, do <laughs> you don't know me like that. Um, but for me, it's actually become a mental health 
I say, I try to say this regularly. It's actually a mental health uh, tool for me. Yeah, no. My yeah. time in the morning is less about, wow, the, look at the birds and the bees. Wow, Rob is so spiritual. It actually, for me, as someone who struggles with anxiety, it Sets is the, the foundation. Yeah, yeah, it's the foundation of my day I because I I really struggle. Like I, I get have that. a lot of problems with anxiety. And one thing that I can control in a day is a time to like breathe. Yes. And so I play piano melodies throughout my house. And if you were to come, you would, wow, it's spiritual. I'm like, no, Negro, I need this to like be okay. No, I get that. I I get that. Um, That's, that's sort of me. Well, I don't, I don't play the piano, but uh, well, I don't have a piano to play with. Um, or I even I, whether I play it or I play the Spotify, like listen. Yeah, if, if I if I don't first thing in the morning, I'm want my mind will start going and the anxiety is gonna kick in immediately. So um one of the first things I do, like after I, you know, get up and kind of get the kids situated a little bit or help kind of get the kids situated, is I go outside and um I'll play some music or whatever, but sometimes I'll watch a message like I'll, I've, I've been in going through um Dr. Otis Moss the thirds like some of his old messages or catching trade series but then I engage in the word um I engage in the bible like that that hour hour and a half however long I'm out there uh, it's a sacred time um and it's crazy because everybody in the house kind of picks up on that so like even even the kids that are two or three, they don't really try to like the door is open so they can come outside, but they don't even really try to come outside. It's like they know like not nah, that this time is sacred for daddy. Um, and it sets the tone for that morning and it allows me that space to breathe first thing in the morning because that is so important for me to wake up and breathe. Um, and I try to remember to get a good stretch because if I don't, everything comes crazy <laughs> like the day is gonna have one it's gonna have a shaky start so I gotta I have to find a way to get ahead of my wholeness my mental health you know what I'm saying early in the morning get some get some Jesus in <laughs> yeah and for me it's 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 exactly that like I think if anything the Bible and the prayer have stayed pretty much constant uh, even when I was railing, railing, railing at yeah. God, I was like, read the Bible. And I'm like, F you. <laughs> Without, yeah. I don't even know I read this. No. Yeah, no. If you go back through these journals, bruh, because <laughs> I keep detailed journals. And uh, whoever inherits these when I die, my Lord. Um, but I, <laughs> you're in for a wild ride. Uh, I'll just rob the yeah, the state gonna be on eBay. Yeah, it's not even House of Dragons worthy. It's, <laughs> Lord, is is my God. Um, <laughs> but I, I think so. Those are the base. But I think of all the other ways that mm-hmm. I now think about how to engage spiritually, and some of those are you named uh, stretching, uh, going outside. I think. You know, when I was limited in how I thought of God before, I thought, you know, it's the Bible and prayer. That's how you engage with God. 
and then if you can lead souls to Christ, um, oh, that's how you engage with God. If you can fast, no, now there are so many ways. Like I, yeah. something that I love doing uh, is I people watch. I don't like engaging with people because I'm both shy and an introvert. Uh, they're not the same yeah. thing. But I like watching people and how they communicate love to one another like you know you can be mm. in a park running and i'll see like a father with his son yeah and yeah. to me that's a very spiritual sacred moment that i'm consuming that i'm engaging with um i like making people smile i've had this goal to make someone smile every day for like the past five years you suck at that rob <laughs> <laughs> i am the best at that i'm like a pro uh, <laughs> batting one truly no and right. um, and i feel like that is spiritual yeah. and i think my imagination was so limited before mm. but now i think of it's spiritual when i watch the shows that i want to watch like i'd be happy to get in the bed and watch a show right like i'm like yeah. yeah but for me that's not disconnected from my spirit life in ways that are meaningful to me now like i'm not becoming spiritual when i have that time in the mm. morning no it's all before god in a way that's yes. really it flows yeah. together now right yeah you you just you said something like you mentioned um your imagination that in deconstruction has really been um i almost feel like this sort of deconstruction has been recapturing or reclaiming my imagination so that i can imagine god you know what I mean? the way he is um the the or how he would reveal himself to me you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um and yeah i agree like being out there um being outside honestly playing with simple simple things that i make time to do that i typically wouldn't do um as a way to i don't want to say give back to god but as a way to um in some forms i almost feel like it's a way of honoring god to play and imagine with my kids to help them discover yeah. their imagination, mm -hmm. um, reading books to them. Um, and this is, and that was the thing, it's not, I wanted to say, it's not that I um, can't read, like I've always, I've had like a 12th grade reading level since like third grade. I just don't like reading, but yeah. I'm, I'm reading to my kids, reading poetry. Um, those things has really helped me to reclaim my imagination so that mm. I can reimagine God. Um, those things have like, it's really, I've, I've heard you say that our life experiences are sacred. And yeah. um, now more than ever, right? Like I, that means so, means so much to me. That means the word, like I, understanding that, um, seeing my life experience as sacred and watch God reveal himself as my life unfolds. Uh, and not just to me, but to my kids, right? To my family, to those around me. Um, that imagination has like reclaiming that has been so big in that. Yeah. So big in that. 
Mm -hmm. um, because we lose sight, right? We lose sight of, you know, I, I know a lot of us, well, I know you didn't, but um, some of us that grew up in church, we heard the stories in Sunday school of, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, right? And our imagination would be like, man, God sent an angel to like close the mouths of these lions so he could just rest, right? And so, but now I'm like, man, you know, I hear that and, and, and then it was just like, okay, well, God is this big, but now I'm like, well, well what was Daniel feeling? And like, you just chill? <laughs> you was just in here relaxing? You didn't have no anxiety? You, like, you know what I'm saying? And those things, like having those thoughts about different stories and dissecting them um, frees me up to be human and to feel my emotions and to realize like God does not condemn my emotions, right? Like he he's not apart from them. Um, yet he can help me to embrace and you know what I'm saying embrace my emotions and and heal from these different things right like all <laughs> all of these things have sort of worked together um to help and I read I read something earlier about deconstruction it's probably it might be the same person you're talking about but deconstruction has been more so about the way I view God and have and just breaking free from that that gunk. Uh, I feel like um, Reformed theology really kind of put a damper on my imagination. And so I don't know, man. The certainty, I think, mm. yeah. certainty is a killer to our imagination, right? We can't imagine God past a certain point. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, so that's really helped, man. That's really helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I want to stop it there. When the, Whenever <laughs> I have a guest say something really eloquent, I know it's time to stop right there. Well, amen, amen. <laughs> Black Coffee and Theology Pod is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. Follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. If you like the content that you are receiving here and want to receive more, whether that is in longer conversations, essays, devotions, and videos from either myself, Sam, or Trey, please sign up for for our Patreon at patreon.com slash three black men. Don't forget to like, rate, and review Black Coffee and Theology Pod as well as Three Black Men.